All right, in studio with us this morning, uh, if you have ever checked out rich.co.ke, uh, you'll know this man, uh, Ali Khan Sachu. <laughs> Farid, thank you for having me. And yeah. Davina, pleasure to meet you. Yeah, yeah. lovely to yeah. meet you. I've heard a lot about you. Oh, goodness. The reputation well, definitely precedes you. Whenever anyone says that, I get really worried, yeah. especially after I stayed up all night fighting a mosquito. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, is that what we're calling it these days? Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel like you two have known each other a long time, yeah. so let's not get into what yes. you used to do yeah, at yeah, night. Yeah. Well, we, we've spent a few evenings together at various uh, haunts around Nairobi. Okay. And had okay. good times. Yeah. Great okay. time. Good luck. Yeah. Uh, last time you were here, uh, Ali Khan, um, yes. you made a very, um, I would almost say, clairvoyant uh, mm. comment. Uh, in a time when everything seemed to be relatively okay, mm. you said the wheels of the, on the bus of our economy are coming off. Yes. Um, and then within six months, mm. uh, we saw what was probably one of the worst economic situations in the last 20 years. Correct? Uh, previous government overspending, etc., etc., etc. Here we are, yeah, uh, with a new regime, um, and I think we could start with uh, why did you, how did you make that prediction? Because obviously you do a lot of research and an- yes. analyzing, uh, and was it as bad as you foresaw it then uh, <laughs> in the situation we're in right now? Okay, so you know, for like uh, since I was a young boy, Mombasa, yeah, without understanding it, I was essentially forecasting in my own mind what was going to happen six months, 12 months, 18 months down the road. Um, And eventually, when I got into banking on the trading floor, I realized um, uh, I'd been doing this already for years and years and years in my own mind. So I've been trying to do that for for ever since I can remember. Um, And the reason I said that was not purely a Kenya-specific situation. It was also a global uh, perspective, you know, we've been living in fantasy economics, uh, Disneyland economics, uh, for a very, very long time. The problem is when you live in that sort of scenario, it, it's very difficult predicting when the bubble will be pricked. Um, so let's say, just put it this way: the bubble's been pricked everywhere. Mm. Um, uh, uh, you know, we, we've exited that period of. Uh, when it, people thought oh, you could become a millionaire overnight, and that's know, just not a possibility anymore, unless you're a crypto. <laughs> even that, <laughs> even right? That's there are right. a lot of crypto guys but, holding <laughs> holding the bag right now. You can say that the the world uh, mm. economy is a mess, but we also didn't help ourselves in the last ten years. No, we didn't. Right. I mean, we. Yeah, I remember quotations like, uh, "Look at Japan's debt to GDP." Yeah. Um, uh, we're nothing like that. The fact that you're making that comment means you are an economic illiterate, yeah. right? Yeah. And a lot of people made those comments, and they were illiterates, and everyone listened to it. But, you know, Japan can borrow at 0.25 of a percent. Hmm. Um, it's a totally different situation. What do we borrow at? Well, we're borrowing currently, depends which currency, but uh, and our borrowing rates are not that great. They're not market-friendly. So right now we've got a further problem that no one wants to buy our debt. Right. Uh, but why <laughs> would they? Why why would you? Yeah. Because you're getting paid, let's say, you know, for ten year paper you're getting paid twelve and a half percent and people are saying, Look, it's not enough. Mm. And every week we go through this cycle and everyone says it's undersubscribed. It's undersubscribed because we're not paying uh, proper interest rate. And mm. until we do, it it will be undersubscribed. Mm. Um that's the way markets function. Um, and you can't ultimately uh, buck the market. Mrs. Thatcher, I remember, once said, you know, you can't buck the market, and you can't. And 
but this is happening in many places. You know, you got Kwasi Kwarteng in the UK, who's another economic illiterate, who's who's similarly <laughs> trying to buck the market and unable to. Yeah, and putting and, um, them in more problems than they started with. It's incredible. Yeah. It really is. They're panicking in the UK. Well, though. they should they be. Really are. I mean, really, they should be. I, I was critical of those guys about Japanese debt to GDP, but really, I mean, Liz Truss and Kwasi, I mean, we got jokers here. Yeah, and, and, uh, and the UK wasn't in great shape uh, before. No, no. Ali Khan, taking mm. it, um, bringing it a little bit closer to home. Mm. I, I am one of those uh, economic illiterates because yes. oh. money and cash scare me, right? Yes. I, I, I don't know that I um, can or, or or do have any sort of effect on what is happening. But I will ask you this: mm. Does it not scare you? Are we, if people don't want to buy our debt, are we going to sell our country to the Chinese? Oh, that's an interesting question. And, uh, you know, it's quite a political question as yes, well. It, it tends is. to be, um, uh, I don't see the Chinese in the way that sometimes people want us to see them, which is these rapacious lenders are going to take all our resources um, and run away with them. I think, you know, if we're smart, we, we have to be able to deal with everybody. And the Chinese are part of that everybody. And the more people you have at the table, the more people, that you, the better deal you can get. It's like if you're selling a car, and it's just Farid's my only buyer. Farid can set whatever price he wants, but if I got Davina in the room, I got a couple of other people, all of whom want a car, you know, I'll get a better price for my car. Are we going to be sold out to the Chinese? No, I don't think so. I think, fortunately for us, we're like a pivot state, geoeconomically important, with multiple friends, um, yeah. the US, the UK, Europe, Japan, China. Um, and as long as we are balancing all those and playing a clever game, um, I don't think we're, we're, we're down that road. But at the moment, our biggest debt payments to the Chinese, they're not giving us much relief. Yeah. Um, we need to get on a plane and go and see them. But, but, but you know, we, we see all these Chinese-type things happening here. For example, the toll stations on the expressway look like yeah. little pagodas. And, yes. Uh, and at the SGR, they stand outside with their hands <laughs> like this, you know. And so, uh, yes. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Zheng Hei is like the statue. <laughs> right. <you know? laughs> so, so, so there is the perception for someone maybe who's not uh, looking at it the way you've just explained it, which is mm. obviously you need more people at your table so that you can say this is our price. No, this mm. is our price. No, this is our price. Uh, but for the layperson, the financially less literate, I won't say yep. illiterate, it does look like we are being, uh, for lack of a better term, communized. So, uh, you know, we, we never went, we never got everybody to the table for these deals with the Chinese. The SGR, um, the SGR, uh, there was no competition. There's very little transparency. There's no way that the contract amounts were paying. Uh, was spent on the railway. I mean, clearly, that's and that's one of the challenges. That and it's it, a massive loss-making venture. Yeah, that's correct. Well, and also, this it, it its whole raison d'etre was not to end up in halfway in no man's land in the in, in, in somewhere so in the Rift Valley. <laughs> it was to connect all the way to DR Congo, to connect Uganda, to connect right, Rwanda. Right. Then it made economic sense. Currently, it makes no economic sense, and certainly not as a passenger. Car you know, people can say, "Oh, we carry more passengers." W what relevance has that got to the economics of that railway? None, yeah, right. right? So, you, when you're mentioning that, you're you're, <laughs> you're just explaining to us that you don't know what's going to make that thing work.
I think um, I think let's take a little bit of a break. Mm. When we come back, I'd love to bring it closer to home, bring it mm. closer to our pockets and our wallets, uh, and talk about fuel and food. Sure. Capital FM. All right, as we continue to discuss the state of the economy, but more so, uh, we would rather focus on some of the good. Uh, we have discussed, without getting into too many specifics, what went wrong over the previous uh, the past decade. Uh, we have a new, uh, a new sheriff in town, a new uh, regime in town, and uh, it does, uh, Ali Khan, it does mm. appear that uh, our current president, uh, William Samoy Ruto, has the economy top of mind. Uh, and it does appear that he has a very clear direction of what he wants to do. Is it viable from what you see? Yes, okay. I think it is. I think, okay. you know, we're in a tough spot. Um, uh, uh, and obviously it's not helping the global situation around us. But, you know, at least we're now not in this sort of fantasy economics. We're looking at the situation. Um, we're going to have to deal with the debt uh, and we're going to have to negotiate with our creditors. Um, but overall, what I'm hearing, I think, is eminently sensible mm. and positive and forward-looking. So I like the fact that he turned up the, at the NSC. Um, you know, if you take you back to Kibaki, when I first came to Nairobi, back to Nairobi, I remember going to that nation media house, which I can see from your window, and there were thousands of Kenyans all excited about getting a stake in the stock, stock exchange. So I think, you know, he understands that. He's trying to get back on track with that mm. Kibaki program, which was so successful. You've got very smart people around him that he seems to be taking advice from. But David, indeed, Juguna at the Cabinet Secretary sure. for the Treasury. So, look, we're, we're going to need a lot of help, external help. You mentioned something that, that, that stands out for me, that, that he's trying to get back onto the track that Kibaki had created, which was to get people excited about the economy and, and the NSE and things like that. Ten companies to be listed mm-hmm. is one of his things. Um it's interesting that, you know, Kibaki, we know, is, was an economist. Yes. He's a former uh, minister of finance, and his background is econ- uh, a brilliant economist. A brilliant economist, mm. right? Now we're talking about a guy who's not an economist, so mm. he can take a lot from 2002 to 2012. Yes. What, what, they, what, what, we, what the country looked like. We looked like we were headed into, you know, uh, what do they call that? Middle income yeah. uh, status. And yes. we, we never got there. We dropped. No. Uh, do you think uh, that's viable? And then where does he start? So I, that's that's really interesting. So I do think it's viable. And I would say, you know, for me, the peak economy was really around 205, 206. Um, uh, that's when the economy I felt was booming. And I thought if we could have maintained that, you know, uh, for another five, six years, that would have really done the trick. You know, it's not about a one year thing. You've got to do it for like 10 years in order to really get get yourself up a few levels. So look, I, I've, we have tremendous human capital. I've, tra- I've traveled all around. Recently, I was in South Africa, and I've traveled all around. Our people are smart. They're entrepreneurial. You've just got to find ways of unlocking that, right? And I think once you do that and you get people focused on, on that, then you're going to push this country forward. In terms of uh, uh, the state corporations he's talking about, the first thing really is you've got to audit those corporations, Right. I mean, you've got to look at who's been employed in them. You've got to, you know, you've got to do a proper audit. What you don't want to start doing is selling duds to people. 
you want to sell your crown jewels, you want to sell them at a steep discounts, so everyone's making a profit. Otherwise, you're not going to get any enthusiasm going. The, f you know, I remember a quote from Amos Camunio who says, you know, we're going to milk the cow and then we're going to sell the cow. No, what you're going to do is you're going to fatten that cow and you're going to let everybody get a piece of it uh, when it's fat, not when it's been milked out and it, it now needs to go to the slaughterhouse. And, and it's cheap. Oh yeah. God. yeah, that's 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 what that's what I think. You're speaking to a vegan. There's here. a lot. Of, there's a lot of graphic imagery. Can we You're talk about vegan? trees? You're a vegan. Let's talk about. Let's grow a plant. Yes, yes. Crush the crush the leaves. Yes. Sell the leaves. Keep the stalk. Let's do that. Let's All do right. that. Yeah. Let's do that. Yeah. Ali Khan, um, let me ask you. Talk about uh, price of fuel. Yes. Price of food. Yeah. What do we? Because really, uh, that's what I care about. I want to yes. know that I can get to work. I want to know that I can have dinner. The standard answer to that that I hear everywhere, every day, on every other news show is Putin must fall. It's Putin's <laughs> fault. Yeah. Let's deal in, you know, partly um, uh, for sure. But, I mean, you know, the fuel price, uh, we've emerged from the COVID situation. Demand has picked up. Um, uh, uh, and that drove the fuel price up. Plus all these sanctions policies that everybody's introducing um, or trying to, the European Union is trying to sanction Russian fuel, for example, mm -hmm. um, has created a highly unstable situation, which is swigging both ways. So, you know, the price uh, uh, of late came down. Then we had MBS uh, thumb his nose at the Americans and cut supply by two million barrels. Personally, I think fuel is going to remain high. Our problem, however, is that more than 50% of the price is taxed, hmm. right? So, I mean, if the government... So, so, the real price of fuel is half of what you're paying. The rest, you're paying government taxes. But given the situation we're in, the government doesn't want to forego those taxes because it's being squeezed on its income. Is fuel going to suddenly dump? There's one theory that, you know, the world is about to enter a recession. If it does, fuel will go down. Um, I personally think fuel is going to be stay around these sorts of levels for the next 12 months and unfortunately food is a different story it's a multiple things going on right firstly um you've got to be a meteorologist in many ways um uh, global warming the weather is affecting food prices that's clear and production um on top of that uh we had you know the biggest food producers in the world one of them is the ukraine mm -hmm course it's at war with russia funny how we didn't know they were a big food producer until, until the war right well they're particularly important for africa yeah but we didn't know no no i know we only found out when russia invaded the ukraine you the only world, miss it when the it's world gone. is so interconnected mm -hmm. and these you would never have thought yeah. ukraine had anything to do with africa but yeah. it is a big supplier of wheat. right yeah. wheat and grain right yes that's uh, right you know we're talking about gmo now as well yes. because of this exact situation mm. uh, and there is obviously a very uh, you know pro-GMO and anti-GMO yeah. conversation going uh, GMO was banned by Mwai Kibaki yes. uh, the use of GMO uh, 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 agriculture yeah. was banned by Mwai Kibaki uh, we didn't hear, hear about it until yes. <laughs> last week um, is, that, is that a solution? Well, I think obviously it's being treated as a solution. I, I you know, I, I personally, I, I'm fall on probably on Davina's side, and that I think I'm a bit of a purist, and I think you know we should find ways to increase production with mm. what we've got. Mm. We don't necessarily need to um, uh, uh, put our f our future food security into the hands of 
about nine corporations who control the GMO market. Right. right? You get I these mean, like really bright colored carrots. <laughs> Bananas lazy. with no black spots on them. It freaks me out. You it, know what it I mean? Freaks, <laughs> I mean it, it doesn't taste great. No, right? no. Yeah. So I, so I, I tend to think of it that way. But yeah. obviously, we've got a challenge on the food security front. And yeah. Africa has as a whole. And everybody says, but there's tons of land. And we could produce so much Perfect climate. Yeah. Perfect climate. This seems to be, you know, the received theory from a lot of people. But let's do something about it. Can can we look at these these knocks that we take, i.e., Ukraine, uh, and say, and and I I do feel that our current president is looking at this as a he's a very solutions oriented individual. It appears yes. we're only in what thirty five days, something like this. Yeah. Um, but do you think that this the, these things need to happen for us to realize that we can sustain ourselves? Because Africa is the next frontier. If we talk about technology, if we talk about economy, if we talk yeah. about workforce, as you mentioned, yes. um, you know, the continent itself is where everyone's kind of looking. The foreign investors are gagging to yeah. get into, onto the continent. So can we position ourselves as Kenya as the beacon? Because I was in South Africa about mm. four months ago, yeah. and I really saw the cracks in that country for the yes. first time. I, I, I was there two yeah. weeks ago. Yeah. And the seven and a half hours of load shedding in Johannesburg. Yes. Um, the curious thing was the moment Zuma was released uh, from that sentence, yeah. there was no more load shedding. Yeah. So, you know, it's left me thinking that it's, uh, a, it's a political it's a question reaction. Of state capture here. And, you know, you saw that in those two sequences. But does this mean that Kenya can then, uh, because we are really primed, if yeah. this leadership is going to do what they say they're going to do, yeah. if the thoughts turn into processes and solutions, yes. can we become Africa's leading economy and the guiding light you for know, the continent? Uh, I was really optimistic in 205, 206, and I really believe we could. The people, I, you know, I thought the potential was all here to do that. I looked around the rest of the continent. I thought, no one's as smart as we are. Um, I traveled everywhere, and I, yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. And then I got disillusioned, you know, in the last few, uh, five to ten years. I think we dropped the ball. You know, the president was saying Nairobi Financial Center. You know, I saw that I saw that piece. Nothing happened. Yeah, it's just right? words. Zero. How can you say that you want to position yourself to be the first entry point of choice if that's happened. NSC, right, in the doldrums. You need people who understand markets, right? Otherwise, you're not going to attract people who invest in markets. So I think you've got to tweak the thing, but there is tremendous potential for us to do exactly what you're saying. And I just hope we do it, mm. you know, because the worst thing really is I remember, you know, I had the, were you drinking at the bar, you're 70. We had the potential, <laughs> just never made it. Yeah. Right. God, that's depressing yeah. when you meet people like that. And I don't want to, <laughs> I, I don't want to meet that. And I don't want to be that country. You know, what, you know, you know, I could have done it, mate. You know what, you know what, Kenya, to be that 70 year old Indian guy sitting at the yeah. iguana bar having a <laughs> Kenya cane and that's depressing. Yeah, I knew he wanted to say that. I know he wanted to say that. <laughs> Yeah. I had so, so much uh, yes, we have the potential. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, all things, all things potential and futuristic. I know Farid mm. is itching to talk to you about cryptocurrency. We're yes. going to take a little bit of a break <laughs> because I'm itching to mm. talk to you mm. about. I I have a sneaking suspicion that you're a bit of a. Uh, you're definitely a thinker, but you're also a little bit of a poet. I want you to. <laughs> when we come back, I'm going to ask you a little bit of. Um, 
some romantic questions. Not oh, like that, sure. but poetry and, <laughs> and He's a married man. No, yes. not like that. Not Many like that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. But all I right. thought you both, you both were married, defeating each other's no, sentences. This, this is a radio marriage. It's a radio marriage. I don't speak to anyone in my life as much as I speak to her. You're not taking me seriously with my IPO story for you boys, right? Okay, you're gonna and girls. You're gonna explain that to me. I'm gonna explain that. Yeah. Every day's a learning day right now, here on <laughs> Capital FM. Before, before you get Ali Khan to show us his soft side yeah. uh, and his non-financial uh, side, his non-economist yeah. e- side, a um, few more e- e- economy-based questions. Yeah. Uh, here we are in a situation where we are in these trillions and quadrillions of dollars or shillings worth of debt mm. as a country, right? Um, if, as we said before, our um, uh, our current president sticks to his game plan, you've said that the light at the end of the tunnel is. Yes. But my question would still remain: if he's doing, if he does everything he says he's going to do, if the government—I shouldn't say him because it's in a government mm. process—and there's a CS of finance and all that. Where is the light at the end of the tunnel? Can we see a turnaround in six months, one year, five years, ten years? What do you predict? Realistically speaking, twenty-four months. So two it's years. Two years. Is we, when we I will think f- you'll say, okay, that this thing is turned. This and we'll thing. feel it. Yeah. It's like an oil tanker, right? It okay. takes a bit of time to turn it around. Yeah. You can't just flick a switch. Yeah. You've got to do a bunch of things. But that's ambitious. What will that look like, though, Ali Khan? In well, 24 months? So I we can in 24 months, you know, we should see some easing in the cost of lever, a living crisis that we're seeing. You know, um, uh, we should see an economy that's recovering, more jobs, o- opportunities, and a general, a, a better sense of optimism. Um, so, yes, I think it's about 24 months if everything goes right. Mm. I mean, obviously, the global backdrop is a little bit dark right now. Mm. And I think it's going to remain a very tough. But I, I suspect, you know, going back to what Farid was asking about Africa, look, Europe, I mean, I, I, when I look at what is happening in Europe, it's I can't believe what I'm saying, you know, that they are willing to collapse this economy at the speed that the policymakers are collapsing it. Uh, it's, you know, it's very existential, the fight with Russia. But Europe, take Germany, $20, tri- uh, $20 billion of Russian gas powered 2 trillion euros of an economy. That gas price has gone up ten times, and even the European Union can't say no to Russian gas, which is just embarrassing in it's itself. Embarrassing. I mean, there's still European countries that are saying, "Well, we we don't agree with the war on Ukraine, yeah. but mm. we can't really tell Putin because we need the gas." Which is, and this is another thing I'm saying: we don't realize where these resources come from until That's there's right. war. That's right. Right. Twenty four months seems relatively optimistic to me from the but if everything goes right okay yeah. right so so that's re- very realistic yes uh, yeah okay yeah so ali khan uh, uh, the time has come wait wait, yes. wait one more quick, one more quick oh, oh, oh. sorry i just, uh, just read this i know this but uh europe is set one step further on its way to regulating the crypto industry this has just come in on on social mm. media european union lawmakers today signed off the markets and crypto assets regulation uh, l- landmark legislation that hopes to regulate the digital asset space within the Union. European Parliament officials voted 28 to 1 in favor of the legislation, which will, if passed in the next vote, require stricter rules for cryptocurrencies. So is it the end of the get-rich-quick crypto world? Yeah. 
Okay. Yes. That's all we need. Good. <laughs> yeah, I think that answers everything in one yeah, word. Yeah. yeah. It must be so lovely to be able to be so kind of fairly certain about things. Um, Not like us. <laughs> no. Like we're just like. <laughs> what, what is the purpose yeah. of anything? We're like, what is this button doing? <laughs> <laughs> Ali Khan, uh, yes. a quick look at your social media tells me that you are a not only a thinker but a poet as well. Uh-oh. And let me tell you what it feels like. Okay, yeah. to be not as 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 calm, con- contained, and mm. certain as you. Right. This is what it feels like. Yes, you can talk about governments and 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 having brilliant minds and brilliant financial advisors and you know the unlock potential and blah blah blah. Mm. This is what it feels like. Mm. From my perspective, it feels like governments globally are a collection of mainly males mm. who are fattening their wallets and their stomachs, um, hiring uh, family members or people they've been to school with. And it doesn't really matter how brilliant the financial advisors around them are. So please dig into your poetic softer <laughs> side and it doesn't have to be an iamb- iambic pentameter give me some hope <laughs> for the future and help me understand my part and the part of our listeners in this world of finance and and and, and big boy things so firstly the point you're making i absolutely agree with you is that i think you know in terms of leadership globally we have it's extraordinary i don't know what's happened feels like our leadership has been dumbed down um it's become just sloganeering uh, very little joined up thinking uh, uh so i abs- and you know i think it's not unique to africa it feels like everywhere you know the the, the issues you brought up have have uh, are being are coming to the fore i was reading about the pfizer contract for jabs in the eu this was done on the back of, of some sms communications <laughs> with von der Leyen. It's turned out what they thought they were getting was not what they got. I mean, you know, and this is just a symptom of the disease. In terms of, you know, optimism and outlook, I think we're at such an interesting point uh, for for not only for Kenya and Africa, but for the world. And I remember um, that song by uh, Billy Ocean, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. There is a ton of opportunity out there right now. There is more opportunity in an environment where we are now, as opposed to the fantasy one we were in. Um, you know, the, the one we were in, unless you cashed out and you took your money off the table, kudos to you if you managed to do that, right? I mean, not many people do at the peak. They like to look at the count the money, but they never take it off the table. You've got to take it off the table. But now we're in a brand new environment and it's going to reward those people who are hardworking, smart, and that's a lot of people in this country, and and you two as well. And that goes back to my IPO thing, right? Let me quickly <laughs> touch on this. Okay, so yesterday I saw that internet-based uh, advertising and radio-based advertising was about $124 million, or internet-based advertising. So you guys, if you just captured of that internet-based advertising, let's say 3% of, or 4% of the market, we're looking at $6 million of revenues. Right. So can you be our agent? Like, and can you your live percentage? with us forever? No, so I'll be your financial advisor. I'll float you before everyone else will we'll float you guys. The breakfast Perfect. show. Done. We, sh- we should have done this off air. <laughs> yeah. You see? You see, there's always something. We I, know I haven't even spoken about the multiple I'm going to sell you on. It's fine. We said it on air. We don't have that many listeners anyway. So. <laughs> it's all but good. But we love you anyway. Yeah. All right, Ali Khan. Thanks for
for coming in. I do have a song for you. I know there's a poem you owe Davina, so don't go anywhere yet. Before we go into the news, here's a little money, money, money from ABBA. Two minutes. Saying it like 85 or something. with money 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 Ali Khan uh, just before we we sign out what a pleasure it is to see you as always yeah, my pleasure we need to make this a more regular thing uh, we say that every time you're here but yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. but uh, we only call you when when the economy's in the dumps unfortunately <laughs> when we're really struggling we're like we read the papers and we're like who should we call Ali Khan he'll make us feel better but honestly thanks for coming in and uh, we'll see you soon and uh, we'll see you for dinner very soon as we talk about uh, how much money you're going to make wait wait wait, wait. Yeah. is he buying Capital FM